the college football experience. Most interesting teams of the 21 season on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you get a risk free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of ED. Just go to getroman.com slash SGP to get $15 off your first month's treatment. That's getroman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's propswap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Yes, our app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The SGPN app gives you easy access to all of our picks, podcasts, and it's the ex- exclusive place to enter all of the contests, including our $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store today. This is Mike Leach, uh, head football coach at Mississippi State, and you're listening to SGPN Let It Ride. Yes. Welcome. Welcome to the college football experience. Most interesting teams of the 2021 season episode. My name is Colby swinging database Dan, AKA pick Don D that's not a pick. This is a pick. How are you guys? Look, it's a solo pod. You got pick Dundee coming to you here. And uh, really, uh, let me just cue some Dundee music. Get us excited about the episode here. Look, every single year in college football, there's interesting storylines behind each conference, behind many college football teams. Well, I'm here to enlighten you on what teams they are. They're not gonna be oh the run of the mill Oklahoma. Can they get past Alabama? Can they get past? No, I'm here to dive a little deeper tell you about the most interesting teams. I believe on the slate for the 2021 college football season. And that is why you're tuning in to the college football experience. As we continue our off season, Uh, really just, just breaking down everything, you know, 130 teams uh, podcast for each team out of all the, all the FBS, probably going to get to some FCS teams too. So tell a friend, we got you covered on the college football experience. And don't forget that. I mean, there's so many episodes we've done the top 10 coaching hot seats. We've done the year one coaches, the year two coaches. Cause it's kind of year 1.5 based on COVID last year. Uh, we've broken down all of that. We've done, uh, you know, conference. We're in the middle of doing conference by conference, big 12 preview, big 10 preview. ACC preview. We've been hitting you on all, all the fronts. So make sure you go back and check those episodes. And don't forget me, Patty C NC Nick have also been hitting you with those week by week previews, previewing the entire 2021 season. We're doing, we're on week 11 guys, week 11 dropping this Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night, probably early Thursday morning. 
and go back and listen to the other 10 weeks. These are all, you know, going to be great, you know, things to calm back and call back on. And as the season approaches, we're going to have you covered for literally everything, everything, everything you even name this episode also is basically because fans reached out to me and said, dude, you've been talking about certain teams are the most interesting teams. Can we get a whole episode on why on, on your most interesting teams and, and why they are that? And thus I'm giving you this episode. Um, if first off I'm in like, I'm still in like dream world here. I feel like the last week of my life has just been, I mean, first off they hit me with some news that like the USFL is coming back. I know that's not really related to college football, but kind of is because some of the players I'm, I'm interested in to see if they're uh, if they're going to do straight from uh, college to, you know, no age limit, essentially that could pertain to college football, but that was just like, what? I, I didn't see that coming. And then I really didn't see the 12 team playoff thing coming. Hopefully it sounds like everything's on board. I know we did an episode already covering this, but I mean, uh, home playoff games, that's the biggest selling point of the 12 team. Like I, I personally want more. You guys know this. If you've listened to the college football experience at all, I want more than 12, but I, I've got to admit the 12 team layout is, uh, is impressive considering I, I just can't believe that everyone was on board. I know that probably relates to the NIL thing going through, but still, it's still amazing to me that we can finally get to this point. Hopefully and I think it's going to do wonders. I'm in the middle of uh, uh, writing an article, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, where you'd be able to see the effects of how it. Well, I, I threw out 2020 because of COVID, and you had so many teams opting out the final couple of weeks of the season. So many important teams that that really had a lot at stake. Uh, so I used the 2019 format to tell you how the regular season is just so much more. Better with a 12 team playoff system, the regular season is way more important than what it would be with a 14 playoff. It really is. And I'm here to enlighten you on that on that uh, article. So check out sportsgamblingpodcast.com. It should be out probably by the time you're listening to this. So, um, I, yeah, it's, I'm still like in shock. This, how great is this? How great could this be? I just needed to go through all the way, get rid of those bowl games. I mean, that's the only real complaint for me. I don't want those four bowl games. Get rid of all of them. Let's go home, home. You know, let's play all the games on the home campus. You finish in the top four. Well, guess what? You got to go to Columbus. You got to go to, you know, Tuscaloosa. Cause they're, they're traditionally, I understand that the, the argument, Oh, is getting stale. It was getting stale, but also a lot of it had to do with fairness. I think, I mean, I think there's many levels to this. Um, I thought it was a dumb idea to do four teams in a playoff when there's five power conferences, it's not a playoff. Like that's just truly not a playoff. And then just the fact there's 130 teams, I think you need to grab a cast a bigger net on who to put in the playoffs. But uh, I I'm very thrilled to see this. And I'm, I'm hoping, I know they alluded to this in Pete Thamel's original article that 24 teams. So to me, you get to 24, I start, you know, I start to uh, relax, but I'm going to enjoy the 12 thing. I'm going to enjoy it. Cause I believe this is progress. And at the end of the day, I think I was shocked to see everyone on board, but I think at the end of the day, they're thinking about the NIL. They're going to lose money. Boosters are going to go straight 
to the source essentially. So they're fearful of that. And what a great way to recoup that money and even recoup the money you're going to lose, but also make a profit because at the end of the day, we know. Yes. Little Wu Tang for you, but uh, no, I really believe that. And, uh, but I still am delighted going back and, and maybe it's just the fact that I'm going through the, th- the 2019 season, but you start reliving everything even from like week one. Cause Minnesota is a team that was uh, to the f- leading up to the final week of the season. They were in control of their own destiny. Minnesota was in number first place in the big 10 West. They had a one game lead on Wisconsin, but they played Wisconsin, which that game would just automatically be another playoff game now. And, uh, they still almost got in. They lost that game and they still, I believe just barely missed out. But uh, considering this, the season, like even if you lose that game, you're thinking you're looking around and seeing, okay, had this team lost this game or is this team beat this game? Then you might, they almost got in. They, they were very close to going in, but that makes it go back to the, to week one when they, they play South Dakota state and they needed a recovered fumble like South Dakota state was actually about to win that game. Their quarterback fumbled the ball on a snap. They got that. Then uh, I think week three or four, they're at Fresno state. They in overtime, get the win. So all of, all of a sudden this thing picks up steam based off of that. I mean, I, I was looking at the season. If this is making any sense to you, I was looking at it from reverse. Okay. The conference championship weeks, then week 14, then week 13, and it just, uh, there's so many more compelling games. If you, if we get the system in two years, but that's in two years, I don't want to uh, get ahead of myself. I don't want to bother. People are probably like, what the fuck? He's just spewing off shit that I don't even know what he's talking about right now. So just check the article when it drops. All right. This episode is really about the interesting teams in college football. Cause we do know there's no, there's no, no playoff. There's no 12 team playoff in the next couple of years for sure. Uh, for this season and next season for sure. Um, so with that said, yes, the storylines are stale in college football. As a guy that loves college football through and through, I get it. Yes, it's. I fully expect Alabama to win the SEC. I fully expect Ohio State to win the Big Ten. I fully expect, um, really, uh, Oklahoma probably to win the Big Twelve and. Uh, and, and probably have Georgia in there too. I think Georgia is the one threat. So it, it, it's almost already written in that capacity. Yes. I know. Is it compelling that Georgia would play Bama in the sec championship would potentially cost them? Sure. Sure. We can make all those cases, but that the, the overall look of this thing is there's probably only six teams that can make this. So it makes it boring a little bit from the start. That is why I am here on this episode to try to tell you what I think are some of the most compelling teams coming into this season for several reasons. Uh, Maybe the team has a, they're starting to get that winning pedigree. Maybe that this team has a really high ceiling, but also a really low ceiling. Maybe this team just needs to make a bowl game for fans to, to start to get back in and believe that they could, it could be all, all different things. Maybe the coach is on the hot seat. I'm here to just go through and I will go through uh, conference by conference. What I think are the most interesting teams. I'll try to do just a couple for each conference um, out the gate. I I've alluded to this on, on a few different episodes. Um, I think one of the biggest storylines coming into the season that were the most interesting or fun storylines coming into the season is the Iowa state cyclones. 
I, I think it's fascinating to me that Matt Campbell turned down $66.5 million of memory serves me correct. I think that was the number from the Detroit lions. He's turned down interviews from, from bigger schools that have wanted to interview him. Um, and all of a sudden you have this, this, this cyclones team that really, really for the past hundred years, I'm looking back at right now, since 1892, this team did not win much. Okay. The they won eight games with pop Warner in eight, in 1896. All right. But they, that was his only winning season. Pop fucking Warner had had five, four years there. And he went three, he basically won three games every other year, but he did have an eight and two season in 1896. All right. Um, in the early 1900s, they had a couple winning seasons, right? They had, an, they did, actually 1906 was a great year for them. Nine and one. But then really after that, 1806, 1807, they won seven games in 07. But after that, it gets really, really bad. Really all the way into, okay, in 71 with Johnny Majors, where we, I, it's funny that we mentioned this because I was just talking about him today with a guest. Um, Jimmy Johnson was actually a defensive, defensive coach on this uh, staff. Um, and I believe. Uh, Jackie Sherrill was on the staff too, but in 71, they went eight and four. That was John, their only winning season with Johnny majors. So that that's a legendary coach. Five years there, three and seven, three and seven, five and six, eight and four, five and six. Um, then, okay. They get a little bit of success in 77 and 78. They both, they go to two bowl games in 77, 78, then nothing all the way until 2000. In 2000, Dan McCarney has a, a nine and three season. I remember that. I think that was like Seneca Wallace years are right around here. Um, and he actually takes him to three straight bulls, right? But nine and three, seven and five, seven and seven, right? Then two and 10. And really ever since then, their best season's been seven and five. They've, they really, since, since 1979, the best season they've had is, is, uh, had been 2000 before Matt Campbell. Now Matt Campbell arrives and they never really put together winning seasons back to back consistently, like never like three years in a row of just winning. Right. Or four years in a row of winning. Now here we are with Matt Campbell, four straight bowl games. I mean, that's that They've never done that before in the history of their program. Um, he comes in year one, three and nine, year two, eight and five, year three, eight and five, year four, seven and six, year five, nine and three. And there's plenty of optimism. I know the schedule gets a little tougher this year that Iowa state might be on the verge of their first double digit win season. And really we're, I mean, preseason publications have them in the top 10. I, so they are without a doubt to me, the most interesting team coming into this year. Do I think whether they'll make, I don't think they'll make the playoffs personally. You know, I don't think they'll win the big 12, but I think they'll be there and that they could be playing in that game. I think they'll be in the top three in that conference. So I think they'll be right around there, hovering right around there. So there's a possibility they could do this. Um, they're bringing back a lot to really like Brock Purdy who is a, is a really good quarterback. He's back. Brees hall is back. Um, their whole offensive line is back. 
they they have a stud tight end and Charlie Kohler. He's back. Uh, wide receiver Xavier Hutchison, who really impressed. Uh, he's back, and then defensively, you know, they're, they're bringing back nine starters on defense. Uh, it, there's really a lot to like about the Cyclones team, and and really with the expansion of the playoffs right around the corner, you let Matt Campbell. Let's just say he does another nine and three season. Some fans are happy, but yet, okay, we thought we'd win the Big 12 championship, but it didn't happen. Well, guess what? Last year, had we had that 12 team playoff, they would have been in the playoff. So if he just can crank out another nine win C or, you know, just continue this journey, the progression that he's doing, they might be a playoff team year in, year out if he sticks around and aims, which all of a sudden, then you're opening up a brand new can of worms recruiting wise. And uh, yeah, I just, I think this year they're just a very interesting team. I mean, it's not only that, it's the way he's played Oklahoma. I think he's two and two against Oklahoma, but even with the losses, like they went for two to win. I feel like all of them they've given, they've given Oklahoma fits. So that is a huge storyline to this season too. Cause Oklahoma has been known to, to lose a game or two in the regular season. I know we're all projecting Oklahoma to be great this year, but I think there's opportunity here for, uh, for Matt Campbell and, and Iowa state to make a statement about the future of the big 12. So I think that is one of the most interesting storylines. I, I think it's the, the most interesting storyline in college football right now. I really do. Yes. I know you can make a case for, well, is Saban's losing a lot. Will Georgia finally get over the hump. I do think Georgia, Georgia's story is pretty relevant this year. I think this is Kirby smarts year to really make it. He had that chance a couple years ago. He didn't get that, but, and we'll talk more about the bulldogs in a bit, but I think I would say it's the, the number one story coming into the 2000, uh, the 2021 college football season. And there's a lot of hype and there's with, with reason. So when you're returning that much to a team that is uh, just, you know, won a fiesta bowl and won nine games, I think there's plenty of reason why. And I, and I think really the cyclones, the only thing is, is I think their schedule is a little harder this year. You get down to it and yes, at a conference, it's a little bit, it's a little bit better than uh, well, last year you opened up with a loss to Louisiana Lafayette uh, this year. You open up a Northern Iowa who's been known to give fits to Iowa and Iowa state. Then after that, you got that game against Iowa, which by the way, another one, another one where Matt Campbell can get that monkey off his back. Cause I was kind of had their number in these, the lot, some of these have been really close. So that game is now must watch TV. I think it's one of the more interesting games of the college football season. Um, then they're at UNLV at the death star and that's a win. I mean, I mean at a conference schedule is actually a little less. I mean, look at last year, they basically, well, you got to go back two years because COVID last year, they only had Louisiana Lafayette and they took an L. So, uh, but if you go back two years, um, I would say this year's a little easier, I think. So uh, there's that. I know they only won seven games two years ago, but, um, but then here's the, here's the real test though, is their, their road schedule within the conference is tough. Out the gates, they're at Baylor. I don't think that's a treacherous game or anything. But at K State on October sixteenth, this this real like four game stretch at K State, 
home to Oklahoma State, at West Virginia, home to Texas. That's that's a that's a tough four game stretch because all that's who you're competing against. You're, I mean, we 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 can pretty much pencil in Oklahoma because they're in this thing every year. It seems like so those teams, K State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas, are really who you're going. Uh, you can make a case for TCU, who they get on the the last game of the season, but then they get a road trip uh, at on November 13th at Texas Tech, which is kind of sneaky. Even if Texas Tech's not that good, Lubbock can get lit. And then the big one uh, following that at Oklahoma and then home to TCU. It's, it's a, it's a tough schedule. These big 12 teams. It's funny. I was going back 20 years for this new 12 team playoff. And part of the article that I'm, I'm writing is, is how it, how it would look over the past 20 years. And you would have every single team from the big 12 would have gotten into the college football playoffs in the past 20 years. Not, I can't say that for any, any other conference. Um, sure. It's a smaller conference, but even Kansas in 07, the Mark Mangino years, they would have gotten to the playoffs. So um, that's, that, that's why I think this gauntlet is just tough. And, but I'm so excited to see how this works out. I'm so excited to see uh, if Brock Purdy, can you imagine if Brock Purdy or Brees Hall or something won the Heisman? I mean, at Iowa state, I know Troy Davis has probably got somewhat close because he rushed for a shit ton of yards, but come on, that would be just, uh, I hope Matt Campbell stays the long haul uh, stays for the long haul in Ames because this is great. This is great for college football. It's great to see them in a preseason top 10 mag in magazines and stuff. Come on. Got to give it up for what Matt Campbell's doing. Um, Staying in the Big 12 for storylines that I think are very interesting. Um, I would say look no further than the likes of a, uh, of a, I think West Virginia. I think West Virginia is that team. You can make the case, and I think we've been trying to make the case on the college football experience, like episodes uh, with me, Pat, and Nick, that TCU, and I think TCU perhaps, um, if, I had to, if I had to pick a third team, it'd either be TCU or K State. But I do think West Virginia is the team. You look at their trajectory. You look at Neil Brown's trajectory as a head coach, whether it was Troy or what, you know, it, and do we even give last year as a full season? Sure, I guess. But uh, I think they're in for some big things. Now they had, they got hit by, by the transfer portal pretty bad, but I think West Virginia is a team that I'm very excited to see. Those are the two most excited teams the, I'd say the two, the two teams I'm most excited to watch in the big 10 or the big 12. Jesus, I can't fucking talk. Um, but getting Jared Doge back at quarterback, Letty Brown at running back. And then uh, your, your receivers and the tight end O'Loughlin all back. Now the O-line took a hit, but you're bringing in Nestor, the Doug Nestor, the, the transfer from Virginia tech. He was their best offensive lineman. And uh, yeah, you're, you're only bringing that back two besides him. So that's something to work out. But the defense, I mean, the defense was, was number one in the nation against the pass. Now I understand you took hits safety transfers to, uh, to Georgia corner transfers to Auburn. Right. But I like the, how they went out and got Charles Woods, who was probably the best cornerback in the FCS ranks at Illinois state. You still got Dante stills coming back. You still got Alonzo at a, um, this defense is still going to be really good. I think, um, 
Yeah, they charted number one against the pass, number four overall, uh, 28th against the run. The, I'm telling you, if the offense can just get the the, the ball going here, the, get the get just a little bit of production from the offense, and West Virginia is going to be a team. I think we and then the fact the schedule breaks nice for him. The schedule breaks nice for him. Um, getting just the fact you're getting the uh, the with the exception of at Oklahoma. Every other like big time game is almost in Morgantown. Yes, you're at Oklahoma and you're at K State, but the other ones are at Baylor and at Kansas. But getting Texas, getting Oklahoma State, getting Iowa State, all to come to Morgantown, even out of conference, getting Virginia Tech to come to Morgantown, uh, makes me want to go to Morgantown and and, uh, and have a have a good time because that that's going to be a a fire. Those places, I mean, how many couches are going to burn those weeks? Huh? I feel sorry for the thrift stores there. Right. <laughs> or I guess I should feel happy for the thrift stores. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but um, actually, you know what? I'm going to make a case for a third team in the big 12. All right. And you're going to laugh at me. I'm not going to give you TCU. Although I think max Duggan, I do think if I had to list the top 35 teams in college football, TCU and Kansas state might make that TCU, maybe even more so. But I'm going to make a case for Lance Leopold in Kansas. Yeah, you heard me right. You heard me right. The Kansas Jayhawks, Lance Leopold. They the Kansas has been so bad lately. Um, it's I just think bringing in a proven winner. He's bound to do better than what they've they've had. I understand, and and the fact that really like Les Miles really was bringing in a decent amount of talent there. So I feel like Leopold steps in, he brings a slew of transfers um, and maybe, maybe he can make something happen, man. I'm looking at their seasons year by year. So Oh, and nine last year, Les miles was three and nine in his first year. David Beatty was there before three and nine, one and 11, two and 10, Oh, and 12, three and nine, three and nine, one and 11, two and 10, three and nine. Really since Mark Mangino, it's amazing. They fired him for like cursing. He went 12 and one in 2007 guys, 12 and one. Oh man. It's just crazy to think you would uh, two years later, you're firing the guy for cursing at your players. Um, but I think Leopold Leopold definitely he's won like five national championships or six national championships on the D three level. Uh, he instantly came in and made Buffalo a game changer. Um, I know he didn't technically get that Mac championship, but he got there but they got upset a couple times, but I still say getting him there. And that's another thing you saw like talent. It was coming out of Buffalo, not a ton, but a, a KJ Osborne. It's on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, what was the quarterback's name a couple years ago? He, you know, he, he actually came out early. Um, you saw it with Jared Patterson. He didn't get drafted this year, but they've had, they've had other players, defensive players get drafted and stuff like that. So it, at Buffalo, this is a team that not that long ago was an FCS school. So um, I think, uh, you know, Leopold is really a guy that could, could make a big difference in year one, he, even though he can't, I know it was a late hire it was the last hire of the college football season, essentially. 
but uh, I just feel like the guy's a proven winner, and I, I I think they're one of the teams I can't wait to watch. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm I'm trying to to give you a list right now of how many transfers are coming in there. It is a slew of transfers, um, but I know like just from just from Buffalo, like seven transfers came in. Okay. I'm looking right now and yeah, Ronald McGee, defensive lineman, Michael Ford, offensive lineman, uh, Trevor Solomon, Wilson, wide receiver, rich Miller linebacker, uh, Eddie Wilson, defensive lineman, uh, Mike Nowitzki, uh, probably butchering that name. Offensive lineman. Those guys all came in from Buffalo, right? Oh, so right there. You're like, well, I mean, I get it. I don't know how Buffalo would have fared in the big 12, but at the same time, at least they know his system. Then they, they also went out and got a couple other transfers that I think could be interesting. Um, They, I mean, yes, sure. They lost them too. This is an interesting point. They did lose it, but they brought in Zion DeBose. Uh, from Virginia tech. He's a D end. They brought in uh, wide receiver, Kevin Terry from Texas tech. Um, they got a guy, they got Jason Bean at quarterback from North Texas. We saw him play solid in the conference USA, you know, over the past couple of years, they got a Notre Dame transfer, Colin Grunhard. I wonder if he's related to Tim Grunhard. Remember the Tim Grunhard, former Notre Dame offensive lineman in the eighties played for the Kansas city chiefs. Um, it's going to be, I think they're one of the more compelling teams to watch this season. I think it's going to be very interesting. They got Kwame Lasseter juniors. They got Jalen Daniels who starts a quarterback. Are they going to go Jalen Daniels? Or are they going to go Jason bean? Um, <clears throat> and now with this slew of transfers coming in, th- this team was already bringing back 17 starters as a team. So you mix in though that, that just, group of players from the university of Buffalo, a, a bus of players essentially following Leopold to Kansas. <clears throat> There's a lot of experience there. And I think uh, out the gate, they get, look, this win total is only at one. I, I told everybody bet the shit out of this. It's going to hit the over because week one, they get South Dakota, the coyotes who are, aren't horrible. They're all right in the FCS, but Kansas is going to beat them week two. They're at coastal Carolina. And I know coastal Carolina preseason top 25, great magical year last year, Jamie Chadwell rolling. Hopefully he gets that continues to get that program rolling. Hopefully he stays the course. I know I root for these things, but at the same time, I wonder if he will be there next year, but call, call me crazy. I, I think that could be a game. I think that could be a game. I think coast, I would favor coastal obviously, but I think it could be a game. Um, Week three, they host Baylor. I mean, Baylor's a team that won two games last year. Do I think Baylor is ahead of Kansas right now? Sure. Dave Aranda's been there longer. The program just a few years ago won 11 games, played for a Big 12 championship with Matt Rule. Would I be shocked if Kansas won this game? No, not really. Then they're at Duke. I mean, you want to talk about crazy. There's, it isn't that crazy to say Kansas could be three and one and four or four and oh, it's not that crazy. I know it sounds that crazy because they've been that bad. And, and the best season they've had in like the past 10 years is a three win season. 
but I'm just saying South Dakota at coastal shore coastal probably going to beat them, but home the Baylor and at Duke, I, I could see them winning those. Why couldn't they win those? Um, then they get a, then they're at Iowa state names. They're going to lose that. Right. Then they're home to Texas tech. It's another winnable game. I mean, Texas tech, they lost in Lubbock last year, 16 to 13. Why couldn't they win this one? Can you imagine a world? Imagine if Kansas somehow pulled the upset on coastal Carolina, right? So they beat South Dakota. They upset coastal Carolina. They, they, they're in a ball game with Baylor. I know Baylor whooped their ass last year, but let's just say they're in a ball game with Baylor. It's in Lawrence. It's Leopold's first home game in the big 12. Let's just say they pull that one out. They go at Duke. We know that's a, a winnable game. And then they lose at Iowa state and they win at Texas tech. Can you imagine if they started out at five and one, not saying that's going to happen. Cause I think coastal will beat them. Maybe even Baylor, but maybe even Texas tech. I just think they're, they have a lot more. The schedule breaks kind of nice for them out the gate. After that, they're home to Oklahoma. <clears throat> they're at Oklahoma state. They're going to lose those. They're home to K state, Kansas state, which I would think they're going to lose, but I still say rivalry game. Maybe Leopold can get them up and they can play at Texas at TCU home to West Virginia. So the back end of the schedule is brutal. And, and traditionally, I think in a, in a coach that especially was hired this late, you would like to uh, have your back end of the schedule easier than the front. Uh, Cause it's more time, more, more familiarity with that system offensively and defensively, but they did retain DJ Elliott at defensive coordinator. So perhaps uh, that can work out. DJ Elliott, formerly defense coordinator at Colorado, uh, prior to that, he had some stops, I believe, Kentucky and Florida state. Um, that'll be interesting to see though. I, I, I think they're, they're more interesting than people realize. So keep an eye out on the Jayhawks going to make a case for the Kansas Jayhawks. All right, guys, I want to tell you guys that the college football experience is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the win Las Vegas experience. Get in on get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you receive a special offer up to a five hundred dollar risk free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at WinBet.com. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, and and make sure you download that app today. Jeez. <clears throat> um, here we are in the middle of talking about this. These these teams that I find intriguing. All right. We've done the big 12. I'm done. I'm done. I listed three. Those are the three most interesting teams to me in the big 12. I'm sorry, TCU. I'm sorry, Kansas state. I'm sorry, Sarkeesian. I'm sorry, Matt Wells. Interesting year at Texas tech, but that's the thing with college football. I could go, I could do 130 storylines and why I find it interesting. If you really dive in, you can, but I'm trying to give you the ones that I find most interesting coming into the year. The ones that have already caught my eye saying, Oh, I can't wait to watch this. Can't wait to watch that. And let's hop on over to the Southeastern conference, the sec where they got to be loving the 12 team playoff thing because they know that, you know, it's easy to see a tight turn. I feel like more teams get in the more chance to dethrone Alabama. Well, this team, I, I really do find this team to be num- number one in the sec. As far as interest, that is the Ole Miss rebels. 
this is a strange team from a season ago. You look at uh, what they essentially had going. You have an unbelievable quarterback in Matt Corral. Jeff Levy is running this offense, which this guy has been on fire since he was, you know, this is the previously the UCF OC. And you actually kind of saw what happened when he left um, UCF. So they kind of, I know, I don't know if we blame the defense there. I don't know if we blame the offense, but I can say that they weren't the same last year. So uh, defensively DJ Durkin, who I actually believe is a great defensive coordinator, but I don't know what to tell you when they charted, you know, 126 in total defense. They were the worst defense in the country last year. Really offensively. They finished number three. I mean, talk about <laughs> contrast. Um, there's two ways to look at this defensively. They're only bringing back four starters, but if they were that horrible last year, then and it was Durkin's first year. They got to get better. And I actually think Durkin was doing a good job at Maryland. It's a shame that incident happened because I, I think he, he would be doing a lot better at, at Maryland than Loxley would be. Um, but offensively getting uh, Jerry on Ely back and Matt Corral that and bringing back four or five offensive linemen. And do I mention Jonathan Mingo, Don Terrio Drummond at the wideout spots, this team could just, I fully expect them to light it up. I fully expect them to light it up. So here's the, what makes this team very interesting to me. They could either be week in week out a team that puts a, a scare and you're beating the best teams in the sec. I mean, maybe you don't win at Bama, but maybe you're, I, I could totally see them beating LSU. I could totally see them beating a and I could totally see them beating the likes of Auburn or, or, you know, whoever they, what Tennessee, I think they get is across division. Um, I see them. I, I could totally see them beating all those teams. This offense is that scary. And I think the defense is going to be a, it's a, a year more in you're going to be more experienced in Durkin's Dirk. They didn't have spring ball last year. You know what I mean? So getting that time to get more familiarity with that defense, hopefully will make a big difference. Um, I mean, they, they got the Georgia transfer uh, Otis Reese coming in on defense uh, that that should be huge. Um, they got a Navy transfer, Jacob Springer coming in. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, you look at this team and you say, Hey, they could be really good. They could be flying under the radar. They could be really like, I don't think it's that crazy to say, Hey, this team could be sec- second place in the, in the uh, sec West. I really, I really do think that is, that's not out of the realm. Sorry. My phone was ringing. Um, so I, I, I completely could see that, but at the same time, if your defense is that bad, I could also see this going the other direction, which is you open up against the likes of Louisville, which I expect them. They're very, they're kind of mirror images to me, horrible defense, good offense. Don't let them lose that game to Louisville because then they get Austin P yes. They'll take care of Austin P then they get Tulane. Yes. They'll take care of Tulane. Probably. I mean, Fritz has got Tulane as a bowl team every year. So, but then you're at Bama. So then you could all of a sudden find yourself two and two You're home to Sam Pittman in Arkansas. That game could kind of go either way. 
Then you're at Tennessee with Kiffin, his returning to Knoxville. The fans are going to be crazy for that one. And, and that's going to be an interesting one because Heupel knows Jeff Lebby, the OC of, uh, of Ole Miss, former UCF OC, like I mentioned before, and Heupel, former UCF head coach that employed Lebby. Um, don't let you somehow lose those games because then you'd be two and four. And then you got LSU two and five. That could easily be at Auburn two and six. Then they got Hugh freeze and Liberty, which is going to be a top 25 team. You know, freeze is going to want revenge in Oxford. And then you got a and M after that. And then, okay, you get Vanderbilt and then you're at Mississippi state egg bowl Thursday night, Thanksgiving. Um, I just think it's, it's, this is a really, there's like a really high ceiling for Ole Miss, but there's also a really low ceiling. Like we could be sitting here saying this team <clears throat> is 10 and two. And if we had that 12 team playoff, they'd be in and they'd be really dangerous. Like North Carolina, perhaps last year or something or Florida last year. Or we could be saying, man, what were they thinking hiring Lane Kiffin? Because well, how are they this? How are they losing all these games? You know, they could be three and nine or something. So something to uh, keep an eye on is, is just the Ole Miss rebels. I find them to be one of the more interesting teams in college football. And my number one pick for the sec, my number two pick for the sec is going to be the Missouri tigers, Eli Drinkwood. So we've made this case on this show before their schedule breaks really nice for them. And I think Drinkwood's had a better first year than I anticipated, especially considering, you know, no spring ball, shortened camp. Five and five. I know that's nothing amazing, but when you're playing a 10 game SEC schedule, it's not as bad as you think it is. Um and I saw strides when that team played. I th- I really thought and then the then you add in the fact that you bring back most of your O line, four of five starters back on the O line. You got Daniel Parker back at tight end. You got uh couple wide receivers back in Chisholm and Chisholm and dove. Um, yes, you're replacing the running back, but Beatty should be fine. Tyler Beatty and uh, he- Hezelek. I always butcher his name, but he's, a, he proved to me that I think he could be a winner. I think he could, he could be a solid quarterback in the sec defensively. Okay. You know, you, your front, your, your front seven should be all right. Secondary is replacing a lot, but it's the schedule guys. It's the schedule. What makes Missouri so <clears throat> really interesting uh, out the gate. They get central Michigan, Jim uh, McElwain squad. That could be compelling. But uh, after that, they're at Kentucky nights. I've said circle that one Missouri fans. That's the game of the year for you because it's going to tell us a lot. You get that early sec conference play that, that game in week two. If you win that, you're two and zero. Then you welcome Southeast Missouri State of the SCS. You're three and zero. Then you're at Boston College, which even if you lose this game, it's not going to matter in the SEC race. But I think it's a winnable game still. So you could find yourself four and zero. Then you're hosting Tennessee in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, Tennessee had a ton of transfers. I don't know what to expect with them this year. Probably a bad season. So that you'll be favored in that one. Then you're five and zero. Then you get North Texas, Seth Latrell's squad from the Conference USA coming to Columbia. That their defense is atrocious. You're going to win that game. You're going to be six and zero potentially if you can get past Kentucky. At worst case scenario, you're five and one. <coughs> if you can just get that Kentucky win, 
then you're welcoming a and M there's a ton of hype on a and M. So Columbia, Missouri, imagine if they're six and O and they bring and and a and M's coming in top 10, this place is going to be lit. And I, 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 I am going to make the prediction that if they're six and O and a and M's coming into Columbia, Missouri, give me Missouri in the upset. Give me Missouri in the upset. And then there'll be seven and O and then they're at Vanderbilt. So all of a sudden they're eight. No. Now after Vanderbilt, they're at Georgia, which reality probably comes. You could probably come back down to life when you lose to Georgia, if you lose to Georgia. So, but after that, you're home to, to South Carolina, which I think would be favored in You're home to Florida on November 20th. Now Florida will be favored, but that's going to be cold. I like when you get Florida and then you're at Arkansas final game of the season. That can go either way. Those games are probably wired, but Barry Odom, DC of uh, Arkansas, former Missouri coach last year was 50 to 48 Missouri won. So just a perfect uh, example of what I mean, but I think they could be a player. Don't let Georgia lose to Auburn early in the year. I think they get them like in the first month, maybe, maybe like week five. If they were to lose that, then Missouri will be the player in first place. And then the pressure is on Georgia. They can't lose another game. Cause even if Missouri lost to Georgia, they would be in the driver's seat if Georgia dropped another game. So I don't expect Missouri to win the sec East, but I, I can see a case where if the right things happen, they could totally, I, I, I tell you this, I think they could be in contention for the second place for sure. I almost like them to finish in second place. Them or Florida. Um, if they beat Kentucky, September 11th at Kentucky, biggest game on Missouri's schedule. Telling you. Um, after that, SEC, I got, I got, I got. I mean, the SEC does have some intriguing teams this year. I mean, honestly, I could, I could list three more teams that I find really interesting this season. They might be the most interesting conference this year. But uh, at the third spot, I got to go Mississippi State because you look and, and that defense was really good last year. Finished twenty third against the rush, um, top I think top fifty overall, um, and I I just think year two. Remember he didn't have spring ball. Now traditionally, leech coach teams take three years, right? I think at Texas Tech three was the magic year. I think at Wazoo it might have been four to really get that system down. But Will Rogers, their quarterback, that that quickly after KJ Costello threw like a thousand interceptions, they went to Will Rogers. Will Rogers showed flashes. He was a true freshman, but he played in the air raid in high school. And aside from that, he went and got Jack Abraham from Southern miss. Mike Leach did. And, and South Alabama's chase leverage. So now all of a sudden I think they're, I mean, I, who knows? I think Abraham was running something similar to the air raid um, as Southern miss. So I think he'll have familiarity as far as South Alabama's chase leverage. I don't, I think he's got to learn everything, but I expect Will Rogers to be the guy under center. I expect now I know we had a ton of transfers last year, but uh, I know coach Leach is a, is a great offensive uh, line coach. Um, I expect them to be much improved and that defense that Zach Arnett, was a great hire by Mike Leach bringing in Zach Arnett from uh, San Diego state. Um, I think this defense will be really, really good again. So the question is, is can the offense get it going? That's the real question. 
Um, Cause had it gotten going last year, I mean, they, they found themselves, I mean, a seven point game against uh, Arkansas that I've really felt like, felt like they should have won that game. <clears throat> um, they, what they, they lose to Ole Miss by seven. They lose at Georgia by seven. That was like a tie game late in that game. Um, even the A and M game and, and the Kentucky scores misleading because Costello threw so much stuff. I mean, I think Kentucky won 24 to two. And so they had a 22 point win, but only had 150 yards of offense. Pretty, pretty ridiculous. But I think they could be an interesting team to watch now out the gate. The question is really, is it, is it year two or is it going to be year three? I feel like there's more talent. This is the most talented roster he's had four year twos in Mike Leach's career. You go back to, uh, you know, Washington state year two. They don't They weren't very talented. Texas tech. They weren't very talented. So the question is, is how fast can, can things happen? Uh, they get La tech, Louisiana tech, skip Holtz's bunch out, out the gate. And, and that's a dangerous game because La tech can play. That's a dangerous game. Then they get NC state, which based on last season, NC state was the better team. Then they're at Memphis, which I mean, that's not a kind of uh, the out of conference schedule is, uh, is challenging. I just want to see the progression though. If you can get to like, if they can go seven and five this year, I think it's a big step. And I think, uh, you know, if they go seven and five, watch out for the future, watch out for like, uh, next year and the year after. Cause Rogers, uh, you know, like I said, still, still a freshman essentially because that didn't count against them. Right. So, um, that'll be interesting to watch. I think that's, I, I can make the case for LSU because I think Ed Orgeron could be finding himself. I don't know what to think of LSU Mississippi state. Like uh, we're looking at trajectory. So it's a little different. It's like, you're watching the rocket go up in the air. Whereas LSU, I, I don't know five and five. And even at that, they laid some eggs last time. I know Polini's gone, <clears throat> but I would also say, I mean, I mean, I'm only giving you the top three here. Mississippi state gets my, uh, you know what? I probably LSU probably is, it makes a better case than, than Mississippi state. So maybe I gave you some wrong data, but I think they're right there. They're right there. And after that would probably be I think South Carolina is a weird team to, I don't know what to expect with, with Shane Beamer at South Carolina. So um, that, those are my sec takes Um, guys. I want to tell you the college experience is brought to you by Roman. Yes. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded, the best golfers, sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom, sometimes just know it's perfectly okay. There are options. Go to getroman.com slash SGP now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate. And if it is, it ships to you with two-day free shipping. The the whole process is straightforward and and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today. Connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash SGP now to get $15 off your first month. Come on. That's a great, that's a great deal right there. Uh, There's no straight look. And and that's the facts. There's no straightforward way to take care of your ED besides Roman. 
go to getroman.com slash SGP, get started to save $15 off your first month's treatment. We are back on the college football experience talking most interesting teams in college football this season. The most interesting man in the world. It's like that fucking Dosecki's commercials. Um, we went through the SEC. We went through the Big 12. I'm gonna make the case for uh let's well let's hop over to the ACC. All right, because I think this is actually a conference where you struggle to find the best storylines. I would say uh is anyone going to test Clemson? Sure. We can make the case. NC state Louisville in the Atlantic, the coastals had seven different winners in the past seven years. Um, but that's why I'm going to hit on that. I want to hit. I think the biggest storyline is the obvious one. I think the biggest storyline is, is the North Carolina Tar Heels preseason top 10. I don't think they should be, but they are. And I understand Mac Brown's been recruiting at a great level. And they have a ton of talent despite losing, you know, Daz Newsome and, and, and Deami Brown and Michael Carter and Williams and, and Chaz Surratt and, and just a slew of players. Um, you're still bringing back Sam Howell. The defense has got a bunch of stars based on recruiting that, that are going to plug in. And, and hopefully that de- that's the thing though. that defense needs to get better. That defense was so uh, well, shit. I think what, I think it was, what 65th in the nation last year in scoring 87th against the pass and just 50th uh, against the rush. Not a great defense. Can you fix that? Are, are you going to be for real? Cause that's really the, the thing is, are we taking North Carolina for, for like, are they for real? Are they serious? Because I, I need to see it because there's too many games like that Notre Dame game <clears throat> or even that like wake forest game, they still won that game, but wake forest was just moving the ball all over them or like Virginia, Virginia beats them often. I feel like, but I think North Carolina is the, the one you got to circle as much as it's obvious. Could they be a, could they find themselves in, in playoff contention? Probably not, but uh, you look at that 12 team playoff coming. Now I know Mac Brown's old, so who knows where he's at in, in, in two years, but uh, they could see them, themselves there. Um, but I think they're still one of the more interesting storylines, I think. But, but you look at that schedule. I think this year's schedule is harder for them. I think you look and say, Hey, this is a team in the preseason top 10 and their away games are at Virginia tech at Georgia tech. Okay. Virginia tech lane stadium. I don't care who's coaching. That's going to be a tough game at Georgia tech. That's not the end of the world. But then at Notre Dame, at Pitt, and at NC State, theoretically, yeah, sure, could they win all of them? Yeah. But uh, North Carolina State, and, uh, you know, that's a rivalry game. Pitt is is like kind of a, I, I feel like Pitt's just a tough place to play. Tall grass, hard to kick field goals, neutralizes your speed a little bit. So, uh, I, I think North Carolina has got to be the obvious team for, are they going to be pretenders or not? And if I had to pick my second team, it is the Georgia tech yellow jackets. I don't think it's, it's, I mean, you can make a case for NC state or Miami or something or Florida state. Can they get back up? But I just don't think they're there yet. I think one of the more interesting teams is, is Georgia tech. 
because you got this freshman quarterback they went with in Jeff Sims, who who looks like a like they, there's flashes of of a, a, a great player there. There's flashes of it. He's got to get better throwing the ball. Uh, the defense returns a a ton. You know, the defense gets like a ton of players back. Offense has just got to be able to find a way to move the ball better. I understand they only won three games a season ago, but I just think they've been recruiting at a decent level. And uh, I, I think there's, they're kind of an interesting team. Can, can they get to a bowl? Can, can we see natural progression? I, I think uh, Jeff Collins is safe for this year, but you do want to see our, is your team going in the right direction? So I'm going to, and, and the coastal's wide open. I really believe it's wide open. I don't think you have to be that good to surprise in the coastal. So it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, yes. Am I going to, f- I wouldn't have Georgia tech. If I had to, to guess, I would have someone like North Carolina or Virginia winning the coastal, maybe Virginia tech or Pitt. actually I like Pitt's schedule. I think Pitt could win the coastal, but is there a, a big drop off between those teams and Georgia tech from a win standpoint? Yes. But from actuality, I don't think so. I think Georgia tech is pretty close to that. So wouldn't shock me. I think that's the real, the real thing though, is like, can they get the, the offense going? Can the yellow jackets? Cause I think the defense, I don't think the defense is as bad. I understand like they were horrible against the pass last year. They were banged up though, man. I, they didn't have swilling Trey swilling. One of their best players. Um, I just think the offense also doesn't help them at all. Makes make, they make bad turnovers, stuff like that. So uh, Georgia tech is going to be my, my surprise team. Uh, I, I, or I shouldn't say surprise team. Cause I don't think, I think, I think they're going to get to a bowl though. Give me like a six and six season for the yellow jackets. All right. Uh, at a conference schedule though. Interesting. Northern Illinois, Kennesaw state runs the triple option. Um, then you have the likes of Notre Dame and Georgia brutal. That's a brutal schedule getting Notre Dame and Georgia. Um, they can still get six though. Look, Northern Illinois, Kennesaw state Duke. That's three. And then they, they had to pull some upsets. They get pit. They actually beat pit. I think, uh, yeah, no, they, they lost to pit last year. The year before I think they beat pit um, and Boston college or something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they got their work cut out for them, but I think it, it's a big telling year for the future of the yellow jackets program. And with Jeff Collins being the man there. So I think that is more compelling. I think, I guess maybe you could make the case of Manny Diaz. Cause I think if Manny Diaz has a bad year in Miami, then do they start to panic? I mean, I know they were decent last year, but year one, they definitely struggled. They lost to Florida international. They lost to Louisiana tech. So uh, let's, let's switch over and talk a little big 10 here, rattling off the, the most interesting storylines in the big 10. Um, the big 10, I, I have, I have three. I think your number one storyline is the Indiana Hoosiers or the one, the number one reason why I just want to see if they can keep up with the consistency. Cause I, I thought they were overrated last year. I, I don't believe they were a top 10 team. I thought they were doing that to prop Ohio state up. I did not believe in what I saw. Now I did. I don't want to say I saw like a horrible team. I think they definitely, I think Tom Allen's doing a great job, but I just didn't think I thought what they're giving them that ranking. No, no. But when you look at them getting uh, some of these transfers, Stephen Carr from USC coming in, uh, and then you add in the fact 
that they have Michael Penix coming back. Ty Freifogel's coming back. Peyton Hendershot is coming back. Your entire offensive line. Now defensively, yes, you lose your defensive coordinator to South Alabama um, and you take a hit. You take a hit. You're only bringing back what? Five players on the defense. That's concerning. And and I look, I'm not expecting Indiana to win the big 10 East. I just want to see if they can, if they can get to an eight win season, regular season, they go eight and four. I'm seriously impressed. And then, then I'm starting to think like, this is Matt Campbell 2.0 because I'm, they're, they're kind of doing it right now. I mean, when you add in last year and then 19, it's, they're kind of doing it right now. So I think they're one of the, I think they're the, the most interesting team for the, the, this 2021 season in the big 10. Uh, number two, I'm going to say the Nebraska Cornhuskers because it's put up or shut up time. I think for Scott Frost, I wonder, I mean, he's got to get to a bowl game or bust, right? Bowl game or bust for frost. I understand you. He's a legend there uh, from his playing days, but, and this schedule ain't kind schedule is not kind. So at Illinois week zero, they got, they better win that. They better win that against Bielma in his first game in, in Champaign. Then they get a little bit of a break because Leopold left Buffalo. I thought before, man, welcoming in Buffalo with Leopold, I thought, ooh, that could be tricky. So I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna have them go and tune out the gate. Then they're at Oklahoma. That's penciled. I mean, we'll pencil that in as a loss. They're at Michigan State, and I think that's a winnable game. I think, I think, I think they can win that game. I think they should win that game. So if they're three and one, out of September. Do the fans sigh in relief? Because then October 2nd, you welcome in Northwestern, which I think that's a winnable game. In Lincoln with fans? Give me four and one. Then you welcome in Michigan. Obviously, I think we based on history would have to favor Michigan, but they last time we saw Michigan, they weren't great. Maybe it's in Lincoln. Can you imagine a five and one start in Lincoln and then hitting the road to PJ Fleck at Minnesota, Minnesota looked bad last year, but I, I, I think Fleck, uh, I think that was just the fact they played so many games with like 30 players out, but can you imagine? Let's, let's just say they lose to Minnesota, but they win those other ones. Imagine uh, what is that? Five and two start. Is that five and two? Is that? Five and two, then they're home to Purdue. They could win that six and two. Home to Ohio State, they lose that six and three. Home to Southeast Louisiana. Are they getting two FCSs? Because I thought they get Fordham too, huh? I need to pull up their schedule because uh, it's not making sense to me here. It's not making sense to me here. They get two FCSs because normally the Big Ten does not schedule. Uh, and FCS, they don't even schedule many FCSs at all, but let me see. Did they replace Southeast Louisiana with Fordham? Um, but this one could be, this one really could be a, a magical year for them. If they're able to, to capitalize on that early schedule, I'm telling you getting, getting a, a Buffalo now without Leopold. Yeah. So they got Fordham Saturday, September 4th. Yeah, they don't have Southeast Louisiana. I'm sorry. The whatever I was looking at, I don't know if I mistyped that or what, but so okay, let me play this back then. At Illinois, 
Week zero. Win. Home to Fordham. Win. Two and Buffalo, three and At Oklahoma, three and one. At Michigan State, they need to win that one. Four and one. Home to Northwestern, five and one. Home to Michigan, they got to steal this one. It'll be lit. Could they go six and one? Then at Minnesota, six and two. And that's, let's just say, maybe they lose to Michigan, but beat Minnesota. I don't know. Six and two. Then they're home to Purdue, seven and two. Home to Iowa State, okay, seven and three. Then they're at Wisconsin. At their seven and three at Wisconsin, they're going to lose that. Seven and four, home to Iowa. That's a winnable game. Can you imagine? If they go seven and five, I think he's safe. Even if they beat Iowa, though, and they go eight and four, that would be a great season for them. I know they have unrealistic expectations, but I think Nebraska is that team to watch. The third and final team that I will say is, uh, is I'm going to make a case for the Scarlet Knights because they've been recruiting so well. I'm going to make a case and say Rutgers is that team you want to watch out for because you saw it last year. Shiano steps in no spring ball, no nothing. This team beats Michigan's first game beats Michigan state by double digits, right? Uh, then you look at some of their other losses, 16 points to Indiana. That's not that bad. Considering it was game two, you had no spring ball. Uh, even the Ohio state performance, you lose by 22. I mean, you're, you're not going to be beating Ohio state, but that's not that bad compared to years past. Uh, you lose by three to Illinois. You lose by six to Michigan in triple overtime. You beat Purdue by seven. You, you lose by 16 to Penn state. You beat Maryland and you lose by seven to Nebraska. This team is much more competitive and I really think the way, I mean, they have a top 10 recruiting class right now, and they're also bringing back 19 starters, 10 on offense, eight on defense. Let me make a case for Greg Schiano, coach of the year here. They play temple, Syracuse and Delaware out the gates. Yes. Could they lose to any of those and all of those? Yes. Could they be three and O though? Yes. Then they're at Michigan. That's a loss home to Ohio state. That's a loss. So three and two best case scenario there, right? Then they're home to Michigan state. I think they could win that. They won it last year. Why can't they do it this year? Imagine them four and two. Can you imagine the Scarlet Knights four and two traveling to Northwestern where who knows what can happen? Northwestern loses games to Akron, but yet beats good opponents at the same time. And then they're at Illinois. I mean, can you, can you really make a case that they'd be six and two? I mean, I highly doubt it. I think they're a year away and then they're home to Wisconsin. Then at Indiana, at Penn State, and home to Maryland. Like, there's a legit chance they could go bowling this year. Heard it here first. There's, I think they, I think they might go. I think they're gonna go bowling. Give me Temple, Syracuse, Delaware, Michigan State four, Illinois five, Maryland six, Rutgers in a bowl game. Fucking wild. Fucking wild. Um, all right, guys, I want to tell you guys the college football experience is brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA championship or Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high. Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out teams as the postseason progresses. Each ticket purchase on PropSwap can be resold at any time. Perfect example is two weeks ago, a uh, customer purchased a Montreal Canadian Stanley cup future for $45. When the team was down three, one, 
Uh, it was, I believe against the Toronto Maple Leafs, And uh, a few days later, he flipped it for $600 with prop swap. Your bet doesn't need to win in order for you to make money. It just needs to improve. Think stock market, but for sports betting, use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And speaking of apps, I want you to tell you guys, you got to check out the sports gambling podcast network at yes. SGPN has an app. It's in the app store and Google play store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Plus the app is an exclusive way to enter all of the SGPN contests, including our SGPN thousand dollar NBA finals free roll. We're giving away a thousand bucks. What are you bozos doing? Download the app. All right. Download the app and hit the contest tab <clears throat> for your chance to uh, take home a thousand dollars. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right. I'm doing pack 12 and then we'll hit you with group of five on another episode. Pack 12 uh, has a few teams that are very interesting to me. Um, Out the gate. It's gotta be UCLA. I know we've been talking about it all off season, but I, I just think UCLA Return they out of any power five school in the nation, they return the most production and they bring in some big time uh, transfers. So I think they're sitting pretty. And I even like the fact they get that week zero game against Hawaii on, on uh, August 28th. I think that helps them going into that LSU game, which I've been calling for that upset. Watch out. I got it. I got UCLA beating Hawaii and LSU. I know that sounds crazy. I know it sounds great. Then they get a bye week before Fresno. So they take care of Fresno. It's a tough out of conference schedule though, because th- those teams are very well capable of beating. I mean, I feel like what Hawaii was a bowl team. Fresno was 500 last year, but they traditionally are a bowl team <clears throat> and LSU was 500, but they, you know, won the, won the championship two years ago. So I got them though. I, I mean, yes, they could lose that LSU game, but I, I think they could be three and zero here. And then they're at Stanford. I could see that being a win four and home to Arizona state. Now that's, that's tricky. And, and actually by, by this point, I feel like th- with UCLA's history, they would lose one of those at least <laughs> with, UCLA, with UCLA's history. They lose all of them. Um, but uh, give me, give me, uh, give me them to beat Arizona state in, in Pasadena. Then they're at Arizona. That's a win. So six and oh, I mean, if they get past LSU, Maybe they're five and one. Then they're at Washington, which I think they lose. This is a this is a brutal stretch right here, because they get at Washington, home to Oregon, at Utah. Uh, uh, give me the one that they should have beat Oregon last year in Eugene. This one's in Pasadena. I think they're going to beat Oregon in the Rose Bowl, but they're going to lose to Washington and Utah, probably, definitely Utah, probably Washington. So that would put them at three losses. Or or two losses depends on the uh, that LSU game. I, I think they're going to upset LSU. So then they get a bye week. Two bye weeks is is generous. Uh, then they're home to Colorado. I think they can get that one, especially with Sam Neuer transferring to Oregon State. Uh, then they're at USC. They wouldn't shock me if they beat USC. They almost beat them last year. And then they're home to Cal. Capable. This team, their ceiling on UCLA is like ten and two. Now. That means they're probably going to go like seven and five, six and six, but I could, I think they're one of the most interesting teams in all of college football this year. The UCLA Bruins keep an eye out on the Bruins. Um, I'm also going to make the case for, for I'm going to make the case for the Oregon state Beavers. 
I know that they dealt them a, a, a that actually I'll make a case for Oregon state and Washington state, Oregon state. I think they've shown all these signs that they're playing much better football. They just got to get to a bowl. It's a big year for Jonathan Smith. I think he's the right man to, to I think he's doing a great job. They just got to get over the hump this year, but that schedule is not kind. That schedule is not kind giving them a, uh, you know, tough roads. I mean, unbelievably hard road schedule. I thought at Purdue at USC at Washington state at Cal at Colorado at Oregon. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, you look at the wins. They got to take care of business against Hawaii. Uh, if they can beat Purdue week one, which I think is going to be a very close game. I expect this to be a 41 38 game. I got no idea who's winning this game. Let's just say Oregon state pulls it off. That's a far trip though. I would favor Purdue. Um, but if they were to somehow grab that one, then they get Hawaii and Idaho. And you're thinking, great. We're three and before we go at USC, USC is probably going to beat them, right? Then they're home to Washington. They should have beat Washington last year. Terrible spot on a, on a fourth and one. I think they can beat Washington. Give me four and one out the gates. If they can get past Purdue at Washington state, that's a 50, 50 game. That makes the PAC 12 so hard to predict. I got no idea who's winning that game, but you can make a case that they're, they, that they could be five and one. Then the second half of the schedule gets a little tough. They get a bye week but they're home to Utah. I think they could, I, I, they, they're capable of upsetting them. They upset Oregon last year. They're at Cal. I would favor Cal. They're at Colorado. I think they can beat Colorado now. I mean, I, I look, Neuer was their experienced quarterback. Now they're going to go with a freshman. I think that opens up a brand new can of worms that maybe Colorado regresses. Um, then they're home to Stanford, home to Arizona State at Oregon. I mean, they, I think they could go six and six, seven and five. I think they could, even though I think that schedule is brutal. I think there's so many 50 50 games on that schedule. Um, I think that's the, the, the play. And then Nick Rolovich at Washington State. We don't, I mean, talk about a guy that had a, just a brutal, he's, he's a good coach. We saw what we did at Hawaii and last, last season, COVID just destroyed that, that season for Washington state. But here he is, you know, he gets Guantanamo Bay, the transfer from uh, Tennessee, Jared Guantano. And then uh, he has Jaden Delora. And I expect Delora to be the starting quarterback because he looked great in a little bit of time with the exception of that USC game. He looked good. I thought out the gate, they get Utah state and Portland state in Pullman. Those should be wins. They get USC in Pullman. That's a capable. If you, that's a statement game for Nick Rolovich right there. Circle that one. Now, after that, unfortunately they're at Utah. They're not going to win that at Cal. That's a, that's a back-to-back at Cal. Probably after that, they're not going to win. Now that Oregon state game that I just went through circle that one too, because that's a 50, 50 game. I think they'll beat Stanford and Pullman. I think they'll beat BYU and Pullman. And they get Arizona and Pullman. So th- I think they're very capable of going six and six. They're at Oregon and uh, they, they do have a brutal at Arizona state at Oregon at Washington. I don't, I highly doubt they'll win it, win any of those, but uh, six and six. I think you can look, give me Arizona, BYU, Stanford. That's three Utah state four, Portland state five. And they just gotta, they gotta pull up. They gotta either beat Oregon state and Pullman or pull off an upset at Cal, maybe at Arizona state, something like that. 
So I don't know. I think they're uh, they're going to be an interesting team to watch, though. I'm, I think Nick Rolovich is is a really underrated head coach, and I'm excited to see how he does in year what one and a half now. All right, guys, if you're a first time listener to the college experience, make sure you subscribe. We handicap every single division one college basketball and college football game and doing it for over four years. Me, Patty C NC, Nick, my co-hosts that are normally with me. Uh, like I said, we're over 500 as a collective, but also independently, all of us picking every division one football and college basketball game. And, and as a guys, you got to subscribe to the college basketball experience. We're talking college basketball year round as well. Um, but look, we pick all these games. Division one college basketball, college football. Me, Patty, CNC, Nick, over 500 each and every year. Um, way over 500 on our locks. We give you all of this for free on a spreadsheet over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. You'd be a fool not to subscribe or check that out. Um, we don't charge for picks. We won't charge for picks. The only thing I'm trying to charge you for is your kindness. Can you get over to iTunes? Give us a five star review. Say some nice things about us. And if you do, take a screenshot, tag me at the Colby D, and I will send you a college experience t shirt. How about that? Brand new, brand new t-shirt. Just looking great. All right. Um, uh, you got to do it. You got to do it. Help us out. Help us help you. You know what I mean? At the Colby D on Twitter. Uh, give me a follow as well. Patty C's on Twitter at Patty C831. NC Nick's on Twitter at NC underscore N I C K. And uh, make sure you follow the sports gambling podcast on Twitter at DSGP network. All right. And check out the Slack channel sports gambling podcast. A lot of fun in there. All right, guys, this is the college football experience. Interesting teams, uh, power five edition. I guess I was hoping to get to the group of five. I'll get to it next time. You better start thinking about yours. 